Good morning, everyone. I'm Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Dr. Richard Holmes. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today is Dr. Kelly Evans ready to answer your medical questions. Dr. Evans' specialty is internal medicine. She works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Evans. Good morning, Laura. Thanks for coming to my office and going on the radio to get today. Absolutely. Thank you for being here and taking the time to do this. Um, and I do just want to remind our listeners, we're here to answer your medical questions. So if you do call in, we will get those and um, bring them up to Dr. Evans. So please do give us a call, 692-1430. Uh, it is a beautiful day out there. Uh, finally, right? It's yeah. feeling, feeling like summer. I told my, I, I was out running this morning and it was just perfect. And I told myself, okay, you when it's January, like every year, you ask yourself, why did I move back to South Dakota? <laughs> Bottle this up and remember this day because it is perfect out there right now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, like you said, we do change the seasons around here, so there's mm-hmm. different things for us to think about um, health-wise and safety-wise mm-hmm. um, as we experience those. Um, so in summertime, we have a few of those as well. What what is one of the major concerns you think of um, or to be mindful of as we experience that? Yeah, so finally we can, you know, be out in the in the warm sun, and there's so many good things about that. But thinking about safety, sun, sun and sunscreen and sun protection are something that I always want to think about in summer for myself and my family. Um, and, you know, it's so easy to just get caught up in, in feeling so good about being outside, but you don't want to end up with a nasty sunburn or, you know, more importantly, you know, 20, 30 plus years down the road with, with skin cancers and things that could have been prevented if you were more attentive to that. So sunscreen, we keep, um, you know, the, the experts say SPF 30 or greater, um, for sunscreen and that you apply it before you go out in the sun at all and reapply every two hours while you're out there. Um, so I, I'm, me and my kids are pretty fair-skinned. I keep SPF 50, and we're pretty diligent about always applying it when, when you go out. I think reapplying is the harder part for people to remember, right. um, whether you have to set yourself a reminder or just, you know, make sure that you're reminding the folks that you're out with to, to reapply. And probably if you're out in the water um, using something that's waterproof and maybe reapplying more. Um, and, you know, when my kids were little, too, you know, I couldn't, my kids were bald and I couldn't put sunscreen on their heads, you know, so um, using hats and, and good clothing to cover, um, finding cool cool clothing that covers your skin is another alternative, too. And considering if the clothing has SPF as well, yeah. right, we've got something to consider. Yeah, yeah, and really, you know, most clothing provides at least some protection from the okay. sun, filters some of those rays, but certainly depending on how porous and thin, thin it is, it may be better than better or worse than others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With sunscreen, um, we always in our family mm-hmm. debate whether spray or cream. Yeah. Uh, the kids love the idea of spray because it's so fast and quick. Yep. I am not... I haven't done my research yet, so I'm not sure. It does it. I'm always like, let's just put on the lotion. I know we get every spot then, and, right? Um, get that good base layer. What are your, are your thoughts on 
spray. Yeah, I think I think spray is okay. Yep, I think okay. that, you know any formulation that you will use is what's probably best for you. Okay. We use spray with my kids too, but I always rub it around. I think the the danger with spray is that if you just spray it on without also rubbing and spreading, you will probably are going to miss some spots or not not get it on thick enough. So, um, I think that's fine as long as you're making sure you get good coverage. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And then just last year, I saw like all these like minerals. Mm-hmm. Um, sunscreens and different sunscreens, and I had never really noticed that before. Do you know much about that? Yeah, so I, I would say there's a trend um, about, like, getting chemicals out of sunscreen, if you will. Um, and some of those things are not fully legitimate or recommended by dermatologists. So, um, I, you know, be be wary of what's on the label. Things that are good alternate, like if, for, if you had an allergy to one of the chemicals, for example, that's in typical sunscreen, zinc oxide is like the old stuff that, you know, the white stuff under the eyes of the lifeguards in the old older movies. Um, and that is a good barrier. Okay. Um, but some of the new sort of, you know, if you will, non-chemical sunscreens may not provide adequate UV protection. So see if it's approved by, I think a lot of the sunscreens have American Dermatology Association approval on them and stuff like that. But Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's time for us to go to our first break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical concerns you would like us to address today. We will be returning following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. The grass is growing, and that means it's time to mow. Please remember these safety measures to protect your health. Wear goggles, hearing protection, gloves, and long pants. Always wear sturdy closed-toed shoes while mowing the lawn. Do not drink alcohol or use other substances before or while using your lawnmower. Do not remove safety devices or guards on the mower and never insert hands or feet into the mower to remove grass or debris. Parents, teach these safety measures to your children. This safety tip is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Kelly Evans is here to discuss your medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. We've been talking about um, sunscreen and the importance of protecting our skin while we are outside on these beautiful sunny days, um, and reapplying every two hours, Dr. Evans says, and using maybe 30 or greater for an SPF. Let's talk a little bit more about other water safety. What are some things you want to remind um, listeners of when it comes to water safety? Yeah, so water safety is a big one in the summer. Another, you know, wonderful thing that we're able to do seasonally here. Um, And when I think about water safety, I think, I mean, mostly about children. Certainly, you know, the, the worst case disaster is a child that is not able to swim getting in a body of water, be it a pool a lake or whatever without supervision or um, detection. So, um, th- I mean, this really falls on folks who might have a pool in their yard, et cetera, to make sure that it's protected and that it could not be accidentally accessed by a small child. Um, I, you know, most of us probably know of someone who has lost a child to drowning, and it's, that's just a devastating thing to happen. Um, so, 
that probably is more than a pool cover. It probably in, involves a locked fence if, if you are a homeowner with a, a below-ground pool, for example. And then certainly on parents, you know, if your kid's around water, even if there's a lot of people around, make sure that they aren't able to go in unprotected. So maybe that means a life jacket. Um, if you're around um, a lake or something like that, I think, you know, when my kids were little, I remember taking them to the pool. We have twins, and my husband and I would go into the pool with them, but if we were with a friend, I might talk to a friend and look away for five seconds, and I swear every time I did that, my two-year-old was under the pool, and yes. it just, it's terrifying, I think, as a parent. You know, you really need to watch um, watch your child very closely around, around water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you're right. A lot of times we are in a kind of a social setting yeah. when we're around water, too, and so it is easy to, to have a conversation yeah. and whatever, mm-hmm. um, but to really keep our eyes on kiddos at all times yeah. is important to them, yeah. especially those younger ones who maybe can't touch or touch. Right, them. can't touch. And, and you know, I, I feel like sometimes in those social settings, you have a false sense of security because there's a lot of adults around, mm-hmm. but then nobody really knows whose responsibility it is to watch the kids. So maybe if yeah. you're in a group of friends, take turns, you know, being the, the vigilant watcher, the one that's in the pool with the kids, or, you know, have some sort of safety mechanism like that. Right, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we, our family just put up a um, outdoor above ground pool yeah. for the summer. Mm-hmm. And in the manual, it really recommends that you have a family meeting before you start using your pool. Yeah, you so need you rules, establish right? Yeah. Those rules, mm-hmm. talk about pool safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that is important to just set aside a couple minutes, yeah. talk as a family about what you're going to do, and, um, and maybe before you go to a pool or a lake with other families, too, as your own family, establish some rules. Um, and what you're going to expect your kiddos to do. Uh, we were swimming recently with my seven-year-old, mm-hmm. and there was a pool and there was a hot tub, and I was like, I just need to know if you're going to go to the other one, let me know. And so every time she'd go between, she's like, I'm going to the pool, I'm going to the hot tub, so she would check in so mm-hmm. that um, she knows that I need to know where she is, too. And yeah. That's helpful. Yeah. Good. Be super aware of those things. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Um, and with a boat, any additional thoughts Yeah, there? I mean, I, I'm no expert on, on boats, but certainly there's these extra safety things. I mean, everybody on the boat, as everyone knows, should have a life jacket, um, and kids should have it on at all times, for sure, if, if kids are not um, avid swimmers. And then just being so cautious when kids are in the water, anybody, any adults are in the water, too, to make sure that everybody's aware of where people are before the motor's running and all that kind of stuff. It's great fun to be out on a boat and on the lake for the day. Absolutely. So much fun. Um, but, you know, th- those are also situations that are social. Sometimes there is alcohol involved, and so having a level of caution um, is really important. Coming up, we have the 4th of July. I see some of these 4th of July fireworks stands are mm-hmm. getting ready. Yeah. Lots of people have a lot of fun with that. What reminders do you have for us, Dr. Evans, regarding fireworks? Yeah, so every, so I 4th of July is so fun. We all love the fireworks. Um, I have great memories as a kid lighting fireworks with my family and friends. Every year there are, you know, terribly disfiguring accidents that happen with fireworks. So, you know, there, there are kind of some, some basic rules. The 4th of July is another setting in which often alcohol is involved, and so sometimes people just do stupid things. And so to, yes. <laughs> to, to with your fam- friends and family, hold them accountable to be safe with fireworks. Um, so kids probably should not have, you know, be able to do the fireworks on their own. 
You want to make sure that you're ne you never point a firework at another person or a vehicle that's, you know, even in jest because as we've all probably had a firework that went off quicker than we expected it to and that's really the danger, right? Um, you want to make sure that everything has a long enough fuse that you expect to have some lead time there. Um, and probably the, the fireworks that you're supposed to hold in your hand are probably the ones that we see the most injuries from. So like a Roman candle that goes off backwards or too quickly is where people have really disfiguring hand injuries and those can be life changing. So, um, so just use caution with, with those things. Yeah. Follow the instructions. Follow the instructions. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Very good. I recently saw too. Maybe have a water bucket nearby in case anything does go yeah. wrong. Sure. Yeah. Have have, have a have kind of a fire plan and don't yeah. obviously you don't want to be in the wrong setting lighting fireworks in a dry field or something like that where there's a fire danger that that just should go without saying but certainly right. I'm sure it happens every year that small fires start so right yeah Excellent. Mm -hmm. good things to be aware of uh, we have. A lot more biking going on this year, mm -hmm. and we're all finding new ways to have fun and close to home. What should we be thinking about when it comes to biking? Yeah, so biking is another. My kids are learning to ride a bike this year. We have a rule that anytime anyone's on their bike and they are still on training wheels, like they're not going down very often, but that they wear helmets, mostly to get in the habit of always wearing a helmet. Um, you know, the bike, biking. If you if if you get hit by a car when you're biking and fall without a helmet, those can be really devastating head injuries. Um, you're very you're very vulnerable out there on the road on a bike um, when you're having fun. So a helmet really is sort of the that minimum of safety that everybody should should be using and teaching our kids. You know, it's it, and that's change. I mean, I didn't have a bike helmet when I was a kid, and I'm not that old. Um, <laughs> but you know, we know better now. We know that we can prevent major head injuries. So try to instill those good habits in your kids and. It's 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 easier if everyone does it. It's harder on for my four year old to understand if, why she needs to wear a helmet if her friend, you know, that that she sees sometimes doesn't wear a helmet too. So right. <laughs> it yes. makes it harder on everybody. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And us grown ups need them too. Yes. Yes, mm -hmm. we do. We're I mean we're obviously probably doing more risky biking on the road and stuff as adults and um and to set just you know a good consistent example of that. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Well, it's time for us to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical concerns you would like us to address. Our programs are available on Apple Podcasts. Just look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Being alone or with very limited social interactions during the pandemic can be difficult. With some effort on your part, there are some ways to decrease the effects of isolation. Keep a schedule. Stay active. Do something meaningful like working on your genealogy or organizing photo albums. Connect with others by letter, email, phone, Zoom, or try online games. Find comfort in old movies or lighting a candle and having a cup of tea. These are just a few ideas to get you thinking. You can do this. If you find your loneliness getting out of hand with feelings of depression, call your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings at 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Kelly Evans is here to discuss your medical questions Give us a call at 
1430. On today's show, we've been talking about summer safety topics. We've talked about sunscreen, water safety, fireworks, biking, and wearing helmets. Um, another concern we have around here, they haven't been bad yet, but uh, we have to think about bugs. I know. <laughs> I feel like I'm just waiting with bated breath for the mosquitoes to start swarming. We haven't, I've hardly seen one yet this year so far, but yes. I'm sure any day now. So when it comes to um, being outdoors and making sure we're protecting ourselves from those mosquitoes and other bugs, what do you recommend, Dr. Evans? Yeah, so really what we know is that... Um, <clears throat> bug spray or insect repellent with DEET in it is, is most effective at repelling those uh, bugs that can, you know, they're they're obnoxious. I When I get a bug bite, I itch and swell up terribly, and it's no fun to have those things. But even more important, can carry certain diseases in rare cases. Around here, West Nile would be the most common of those to see. Um, so if you're outside, especially in the early morning or later in the evening when the mosquitoes are out for feeding, make sure that you've got um, your DEET around and, and cover your skin. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. And what about Lyme disease? Is that a yeah, so Lyme disease is a tick-borne illness. It's not common in South Dakota. I think I looked the most recent year, maybe from a couple of years ago, of reported data. We still have less than 10 cases reported in South Dakota per year, typically. Okay. Um, surrounding states have more cases. So Minnesota has more cases. Wisconsin, and, and as you go a little further east, they have a lot more cases. Okay. Um, so again, insect repellent is good. Um, and then if you are, you know, if you're hiking or if you're in the woods or you know that you may have um, been in an area where you're around tall grasses or trees or whatever, um, checking with someone to do a body check or and a scalp check for ticks. Mm -hmm. Those common places that they like to hang out on your scalp where they can hide and, and that kind of thing. So, yeah. But another reason, you know, if you're, if you're going to one of those areas and going to be hiking and stuff, lawn pants and, and covering your skin is probably the safest thing too. Okay. Mm -hmm. Very good. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been talking about some of the things we need to think about and be aware of when we're uh, out enjoying these mm -hmm. beautiful days. Um, but what a blessing to get out and enjoy them. Oh, my gosh. It just makes life so much better to get out in the sunshine, doesn't it? Yes. yes. It really helps. <laughs> so what are, maybe just a real big picture remind us of all the reasons, we, or a couple of the reasons we should get out and enjoy yeah. these days. I think, so I think there, there's a lot of intangibles to just enjoying the, the outdoors. I think... As a general rule, most of us feel happier. We get more exercise, which is important. It's a lot easier to exercise when you can be outdoors than indoors. There are things that bring most of us a lot of joy. You know, maybe it's um, caring in your garden or even doing lawn care can be, you know, something that feels good to people. Um, being out in nature a little bit um, and, again, getting that exercise is so important. Um the the sunshine maybe has some mood benefits for some people. Just the effect of the light on your retina um, has can have a positive impact. Um, and you know, I think everybody feels those things that are a little harder to put your finger on. But you know, you just feel better. You feel like you've expended more energy at the end of the day when you've spent time outdoors. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. For mm -hmm. sure. One of the other benefits I love about summer is all the great fresh produce yes. that you have to take in. Yeah, and local produce and so many people. I feel like I have heard so many 
um, contacts and friends who are gardening this year that maybe haven't before just because of the extra time that people had this spring. And um, what a great hobby to start to have fresh vegetables and fruits um, that you grow yourself. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh That is a great one. Mm -hmm. Very good. Um, And let's talk briefly, too, about COVID. Uh, We've been seeing more cases around Brookings. Yeah. Um, what kind of updates do you have for us, Dr. Evans? Yeah, I think, you know, not surprisingly, as as um, things have opened up and, and people are mingling more, we're getting more cases. We also have had increased ability to test, so I don't think anyone is surprised to be seeing more cases pop up. Um, the I think the, the hospitalization numbers in our state have been pretty stable from the numbers I've seen. So we, we certainly haven't seen any rapid downtrend or anything, and we're all sort of trying to remain vigilant. I think the you know, as, as we sort of settle into, you know, being less shocked and scared about this, um, my concern is when I go to the store, sometimes I, I say, oh, my gosh, I, I am one of the only people in a mask in this, you know, grocery store, convenience store or whatever. And so I, I just would urge people to, to remember that it's still out there. It's still, you know, as big of a concern as it was a month or two months ago. Um, but we're just trying to figure out how to, how to manage around it. Um, so I'm still wearing my mask if I'm in a public indoor space. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm still practicing a lot of those things that we've talked about ad nauseum for the last couple of months. <laughs> yes, yes. So keep it up, everyone. Keep wearing those masks and um, taking care of one another in that mm-hmm. way. That's important when we're out in the public and in those enclosed places. Um, last week's Prairie Dash topic on the television show was opioid addiction. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to dive into that a little bit. Um, we didn't quite get to that last week with our different questions sure. we were addressing. Let's just start real um, overview. What what is an opioid? Yeah, so an opioid is a is an umbrella term for a class of chemical, I guess you would say, because some of them are medications, but some of them are not. Some of them are recreational or street drugs. Um, that binds to a certain type of receptor in the brain called these mu receptors or opioid receptors. Um, and it gives, the, the mu receptors are involved in pain perception. Um, so it, ge- it gives um, sort of a pain relief uh, sensation in the brain. And so, you know, that, like I said, it's kind of a wide category. So ones that are prescription drugs include hydrocodone, oxycodone, fentanyl, morphine, um, hydromorphone, um, codeine is an opioid, um, and then on the other side, heroin is, is sort of the most common um, illicit or street opioid. Okay. Yeah. What makes these drugs different from other pain relievers? Yeah, so it has to do with the physiology of how they affect those receptors. And and, and the physiology of how they affect those receptors um, means a couple of things. One is it's very, it can, they can be very addictive um, in, in the right brain, and there's probably some genetic predisposition to that that we are still learning a lot about. Um, but it can be very addictive. It, what it also means is that um, there's a, a mechanism called tolerance that develops with these receptors. And what that means is that over time, if you have drug on these receptors at all times, you just make more receptors. And so um, those, re- and, and there's, there's more complex mechanisms as well, but what that means is that over time, people need more and more drug to achieve the same effect of pain relief. And again, that's true with prescription drugs, but it's also true 
with, for example, heroin or street drugs. Um, and so uh, they, people need higher and higher doses to, to get the same effects that they did maybe on lower doses before. Gotcha. Yeah. And so um, what are some of the reasons we got to this kind of state of crisis uh, yeah. with these drugs? You know, they kind of started as a pain reliever drug, and we've gotten to this yeah, it's I I think it's a multitude of factors. Some some are societal, and you know some we've heard in the last few years some um, lawsuits against some of the drug companies who manufactured and sold these opioids. Um, maybe knew more than they let on about how addictive they were, um, and that's you know that's very sinister and disturbing to everybody. Um, there was a big movement maybe 20 to 30 years ago in the medical community of using what we they, they, what they called pain as a fifth vital sign. So, um, it's for, for example, ERs began to get judged as far as reimbursement on how well they controlled people's pain. And so, um, if, if you came in with your pain at an eight and you left with your pain at a two, you did better than if the patient came in at, a, at an eight and left at a six. And so that that's, you know, but whether consciously or subconsciously drove all healthcare providers to be more aggressive with pain management. Um, and some of that was, you know, in good intention. You know, we don't want people to suffer if they don't have to suffer unnecessarily. And so that, that kind of was a, a change in philosophy along with the availability of these types of drugs that were effective for relieving pain in the short term. Um, and then came, you know, OxyContin is sort of, you know, what you'll see in, in the media. I think it, it came out in the late 90s. Um, the, the companies cited some research that they said that, that said addiction was very rare, which turned out obviously not to be true. Addiction can be very common with these drugs. Um, and there, there was a lot of promotion of this drug and a lot of prescribing of it, um, again, it, to some degree with good intention, but with bad bad effects. Um, and things kind of exploded. And it's interesting that this happened in the U.S. and not in a lot of other countries to the same degree. And, you know, some people will have, you know, philosophies about is our culture of treating pain different than in other cultures of more pain tolerance. Um, so I think there's a lot that goes into it. But, yeah, we, we got to a point of where we finally, we, we all realize we have gone too far and we are seeing uh, some very bad societal effects of that, including a lot of overdoses and deaths. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, well, it's about time for us to go to our final break, and we will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group, Brookings. Be aware, with warmer weather, you may find ticks. Ticks live in grassy, bushy, or wooded areas. Spending time outside walking your dog, camping, gardening, or hunting can bring you in close contact with ticks. To prevent ticks from attaching, treat your clothes and gear with products containing 0.5% permethrin. Permethrin can be used to treat boots, clothing, and camping gear and remains protective through several washings. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Kelly Evans is here to discuss our medical questions today. Uh, we were just having a conversation about opioids and how we got to this crisis that we are in. And um, we're, the, I guess step one is we have awareness we're in a crisis. There's been some um, great efforts to try to work on this. Um, more can always be done. Um, but I was curious, is there 
there is a certain age group or demographic that is more likely to become addicted to opioids? I, not to my awareness. I mean, I think we think of this as maybe a younger person's disease, but it's really, I think anyone is susceptible if they, um, if they sort of have that susceptible brain and, and have the right opportunity to become addicted to these drugs, which is why we really have efforts to try and minimize any initial prescribing. So you'll see that prescriptions out of emergency rooms have gone way down because that's a common place that people might get their first exposure to an opioid is if they come into the ER with an injury. Um, so, that, you know, I think people, anyone could be susceptible to this. And I think if that's it's easier to empathize when you realize this. These these drugs are, can be very addictive, and it could happen to anyone that you love. So, right. yeah. And if you do have are concerned that someone might have an opioid addiction, what should you do? I think talking to your physician is is a good idea. You know, addiction is challenging, and it's challenging on families and loved ones. And frankly, we are ill-equipped to help people deal with addiction in this country to some degree, though things are getting better because I think we've we've all we've come together and, and tried to improve things in, in some ways. Um, but being open and you know it, it, the, the the addicted person themselves kind of has to be ready to change because it is it is very difficult. Um, there's no two ways about it. It's very difficult. Um, but I, if if they're ready, your doctor will help you. I mean that's. We, we want to help people get out of that cycle. So, right. yeah. Yeah, like, there's a whole lot we could talk about with this. Isn't there? <laughs> yeah. But we, we are about out of time, so we will wrap up for today, and we'll look forward to continuing this conversation in the future. Uh, before we go, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. This Thursday, June 25th, will be an encore episode regarding history and health of the Lakota, Dakota, and Nakota. The show was recorded last September with Prairie Doc host Dr. Richard Holmes and Dr. Donald Warren. They discuss medical school efforts with Native Americans, the current health situation, and potential solutions. So tune in for that tomorrow night at 7 p.m. on South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and will listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group, Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube. For free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library, visit www.prairiedoc.org. And look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Kelly Evans for joining us today. And as Dr. Home would say, stay healthy out there, people.